Oh, and you brought it back. Nice. Thank yeah. you. Yeah, I was like trying to get it back for uh how was it this time around honestly i'm really glad you made me watch this movie it was super fucking fun <laughs> yeah <laughs> i just like i don't know just i can't remember the last time i watched it but it was it's was just like i don't know i just had a fucking good time watching it. i was just really surprised because we've talked about this movie like quite a bit uh-huh. and then when you came over to record the last time I was talking about something, and you're like, I don't know. And I was like, all right, well, what about this? And you're like, I don't know. I was like, dude, what the fuck? That's weird, because yeah, I, I feel like we've talked about this movie quite a bit. Yeah, I don't know. Just everything had just flew in my head. And then <laughs> when I was watching I'm like, oh, yeah, okay, I remember this whole movie, but it's just like these specific jokes. Yeah. Now that I'm, I'm like rewatching them, I was like, all right, like, this is really fucking funny. <laughs> but it's like, it's interesting, because their joke the joke style kind of switches like throughout because there's some like more serious jokes and then and yeah. there's there's like this Looney Tune aspect of the joke. Oh, dude, yeah, it's uh, it's great. Uh, but yeah, no, no, yeah, it, was, it, was, it was a good time. Okay, cool. Um, are you ready to go then? Yeah, I'm ready. Okay, well, then let's play it again. You must remember this A kiss is just a kiss Good morning! You're gonna need a bigger boat. Erica! 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 Hasta la vista, baby. Hey, what's up, everybody? It's Steven here, um, and I am doing an episode that I felt needed to be done. Uh, I'm here with my special guest co-host, Dustin Perez. Hello. So we're going to do one of my favorite movies of all time, and uh, we're doing it because during the Lost Boys trailer, I did mention Corey Feldman uh, when I talked about Corey Haim, and I mentioned him when we were talking about the movie. But as we did the cast, um, when I was editing it, I remembered, I was like, fuck, I didn't talk about The Goonies. I didn't talk about Ninja Turtles. I didn't talk about any Corey Feldman movie, and I completely forgot to talk about Corey Feldman altogether. Um, So I thought, how fucked up is that? He's a big part of The Lost Boys. And I was like, all right, well, let me do my favorite Corey Feldman movie ever. Um, And that is The Burbs uh, from February 17th, 1989. Directed by Joe Dante and stars Tom Hanks, Corey Feldman, Bruce Dern, Rick Ducunham, and a little lady called Carrie Fisher. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, uh, uh, (laughs) Carrie Fisher is is her name. Uh, But yeah, the movie is fucking awesome. Obviously, Dustin said he had a great time watching it. It, Like I said, it's, it's one of my favorite movies of all time. It's in my top 10 for sure. It's just a really, really zany comedy about these neighbors who think that they're the people who just moved in next door are murdering people and everything. And they go on a giant escapade to try and prove themselves right and then end up fucking almost destroying their entire neighborhood. But, yeah, let's talk a little bit about uh, the production of the movie and then uh, we can go into the cast and then talk about our favorite parts. But yeah, uh, let's start at the beginning like we always do and talk about the first time we remember seeing this movie or when it became relevant. Uh, Dustin? 
I think I was at my grandma's house and I was just like flipping through the channels because it's where I just like watch most of my TV. Yeah. And I remember I started it at the part where he's coming down the st- the dream sequence. I started at the dream sequence. <laughs> okay. That's the first time I saw it. And I was like, what? What is this? Like, is it like a horror movie? Whatever. I'll watch yeah. it. And I'm like, oh, they're neighbors or something. And I was like trying to figure it out. And it's kind of like why, why I like the movie is like they don't really tell you what they're think they're doing like right away you know yeah, yeah, yeah. it's all kind of not yeah they're not sure so i don't know why but in my head i could have swore they were like at some point they're like oh they're they're aliens like i could have swore at some point in the movie <laughs> it wouldn't be that far-fetched for that to be a, a, a plot in there and i don't know maybe it was just like also like my own kid instinct was uh because there's a lot of like flashing lights from the the furnace down yeah, yeah, yeah. and i was no, like I oh they're that. aliens yeah. I, i've definitely like Attached stuff that never was in a movie before uh, <laughs> when I was a kid, but um, yeah, that's that's probably the first time that I saw it, and then I, I eventually like it would pop up on TV on the, all the time. And I was telling you too, like I couldn't find it, yeah, to rent or streaming anywhere. Like, yeah, uh, end up borrowing it, but um, yeah, it's kind of a shame because I felt like it was on a lot when. I, when no, I that younger. okay. So that's all going to my into my. Uh, little origin with it this is a movie and i've talked about with jason on the podcast i i know for sure total recall is one and i'm pretty sure there's a couple others but growing up um on channel five they would show movies on a sunday or just whenever and i remember them always having this distinct like you know when you go to the theater and then they have the regal thing and you're on a roller coaster and then it takes you to like regal cinema or whatever there's this thing that the Channel Five uh, movie movie hour would like do as well, and I just remember that intro, um, and I, I wish I could find it online just just to see it. But again, because I don't remember it completely, but this was one of those movies that would come on all the time. So I like like I said, Total Recall, this movie, Edward Scissorhands, uh-huh. and um, the way I remember them is during a commercial break. Or when it came back from commercial break, it would be like, oh, the birds would be right back, blah, blah. And then they would show like a little snippet of the movie, like with the voiceover on it. And the part that I remember them showing when it would come back from commercial all the time is where Tom Hanks is like he's uh, they just cut the power to the Clopex house. Mm -hmm. And he's he's tapping the the wire uh, to see if it's working or whatever. I just remember that so distinctly, like. The voiceover, oh, now back to the burbs, and he's just doing that. Um, but, yeah, I, I watched it on TV all the time as a kid. And as I got older, I would go rent it, and then once I got my own money, I'd, I bought my own DVD of it. And then uh, I think that went missing, and I think you had it maybe at one point. I don't know. I know you, you had some of my stuff, and then you brought it back to me, and I was like, oh, shit, I didn't even know I had this. Um, cause I have it on DVD and then I bought it on Blu-ray and then my DVD just showed up some, at some point. Oh, and, yeah, yeah. I can't remember if it was you or if it was somebody else, but, um, yeah, it, I, I like, I just, as, as an adult, I just started watching it more and more and more and more. And it just quickly became like one of my favorite movies ever. And I think it, it's that nostalgia factor. It's the fact that I grew up in suburbs where, uh, Everybody talked to their neighbor and just it, it's just a really, really fun movie. And uh, we'll get into it a little bit more when we start talking about our favorite parts as to why I think I like the movie so much. But 
having said all that, let's uh I, I'll talk a little bit about the movie and the production um, before we jump into the cast. Uh, so this movie, like I said, takes place um, in a small suburban neighborhood, and it only takes place there. So I was reading that Joe Dante, the director, while they were filming it, there was or filming and writing the script that there was so much uh, like push to show the neighbors and every everybody outside of the neighborhood like maybe at the department store or the grocery store or something like that but he felt that he just really really wanted it to be like confined to that street and never to leave there and it just gave the the movie a certain personality which i think it does yeah for sure um the street in question if you've ever been to universal studios in hollywood uh there's a neighborhood uh, there on the the tram tour. It, it doesn't look like the movie anymore. I God, I wish I'd give anything for it to look <laughs> like that. But if you've been on the tram tour and you go through the neighborhood before a few years ago, like a decade ago, it was like the Desperate Housewives yeah. neighborhood. And now it's like a neighborhood from Parenthood or something like that. I haven't been there in okay. a, couple, a couple years. But uh, the whole movie was filmed on that lot. Uh, all the exteriors were filmed on that street, and then the interiors were filmed on subsequent uh, uh, studio lot uh, on Universal Studios. It's really cool. If you ever get a chance, I would suggest you take that tram ride. I personally, my mom's friend worked at Universal, and a couple years in a row for Halloween Horror Nights, we got to when when the park was closed. We got to walk around the entire park. We just got our own little cart um, cool. and drove around. No, it's great. So I, I actually got to like get off the tram or get off our cart and like walk house to house there. And I'm just like standing there. I'm like, oh, this is where it all happened. Tom Hanks was right here. I'm like, <laughs> oh, it's just. I think it's called like uh, every 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 street, every yeah, like street that. or something like that. It, it's the same thing for the town square in uh, Back to the Future. Yeah, it's like right around, right, right around the corner from it. But um, it's just so cool to be there. And then right around the corner is Amblin Studios. So, like, you walk up and you see, like, Robert Zemeckis' parking spot and okay. Steven Spielberg's parking spot. And you're just like, man, there's just so much stuff that went on here that, you know, the inception of so many different movies and right. deals being struck and everything. I just think it's it's really, really fun. But, uh, yeah, the movie itself uh, – Really, really fun, and um, I'm glad that they kept it all on that one street. So, like I said, the movie's directed by Joe Dante, and he's made some some great movies in the past. He's he made uh, Gremlins. Gremlins is one of his, so that's that's uh, pretty awesome for. He's kind for, of like been on a cult, like I mean, like definitely he's got some cult classics under his belt. Oh no, for sure. He's got some classics and some cult classics. I mean, this movie is a cult classic. It, sure. it doesn't have a huge following yeah. for sure. But yeah, he he made Gremlins and Gremlins 2. He also made The Howling, which is like apart from American Werewolf in London, one of the most one of the more famous uh f- more famous uh werewolf. werewolf movies from the 80s. Did a movie called Inner Space with uh Martin Short and Dennis Quaid. Piranha from 1978. He also did a movie called Small Soldiers in the 90s, which I was so hyped for. I loved it as a kid. And you know what? I kind of still like it. He also did a segment in the um, doomed Twilight Zone movie that uh, a lot of bad stuff on the production happened in that movie. Hmm. Um, And, you know, he made Looney Tunes back in action, apparently. That makes 
a lot of sense. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, he's got a lot of he's got a lot of great movies uh, under his belt, and some also not great ones. But either way, either way, he's he's a uh, kind of a legend in Hollywood for making you know, like I said, some classics and like you said, some uh, some sleeper hits as well. But on to the cast. Obviously, we have to talk about Mr. Tom Hanks. Um, Tom Hanks, one of the most notable and famous actors of all time, started off. There's a, a movie that he's in. It's like a, a Christian movie. It's his first role. Huh. And I think he like does drugs and like his friends trying to t- talk, t- talk him out of like doing that and becoming a Christian and stuff. And like, it's like super <laughs> melo- bad boy. <laughs> it's super melodramatic and stuff. No, it's just like a Hallmark, like Christian movie. Huh, I've seen a clip of it. He's like on a pier or something. I can't remember, but, uh, yeah, he then started to rise to fame. Uh, he was on a show called bosom buddies. Um, if you guys know what that is, it's about two men who have to dress up as women to get an apartment. And they live they live in their apartment complex with a bunch of other women because it's a woman's only thing, but it's a good deal. And they uh, they go around dressed like women the whole time. Yeah, I think I I think I remember that. Like <laughs> yeah, classic it's, uh, it's, comedy. It's it's a it's a little before our time, but it's <laughs> I, I remember seeing um, reruns and shit of it. Obviously, um, his big breakout performance was in 1988's Big, right before this movie. Um, but he's also been in plenty of other movies like Joe versus Volcano. Um, the hell is that movie called? I, I wanted to say Duplex, but it's not Duplex. It's uh, it's called like Fixer Upper or something. I can't remember. But anyway, other people know him from Forrest Gump, nineteen ninety four, which won uh, won him his uh, second Academy Award, I believe. The first one was for Philadelphia in nineteen ninety two. Yeah. Um, Saving Private Ryan, 1998. The Green Mile, 1999. He was recently in that god-awful Pinocchio movie. Um, 1995, Toy Story. And he makes like four sequels to that movie. And each one is pretty good, I gotta say. The fourth one, it's enjoyable, but it strays from the Toy Story formula, I think, a lot. in, In a lot of ways. I mean, yeah. No, yeah, I, I agree. Because it just, I don't know. It's one of those things where it's like, oh, was this necessary? I felt like we had a solid trilogy. Yeah, I think so, too. I think so, too. It's a, um, it's a shame to see that he hasn't done anything since this movie. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, Catch Me If You Can, 2002, works with Steven Spielberg again. Works with them again. Where I talked a little bit about a movie called Bridge of Spies on another podcast. Hmm. Works with Robert Zemeckis, the guy that directed Forrest Gump again in 2000 on Castaway. And recently he was in the movie Elvis. Um, where does Tom Hanks sit for you, like, in, I don't know, just actors in general? Or, like, I mean, he's, I can't say he's one of my favorite actors, uh-huh. like, top 10 or something. Uh-huh. But he's just such a big part, and especially for us growing up. He was in so many like inspiring movies and so many great movies. Yeah. Like, where does he sit for you? He was definitely he definitely was like the everyday man kind of yeah uh, persona, but it wasn't along the lines of like action. It was always like drama. Oh, of course, or, yeah, or yeah, something else. But I think it's because he had that sort of uh, comedy comedy. Uh, uh, 
he had that comedy like upbringing that kind of that that came along with him that a lot of that everyday man kind of yeah yeah really have you know because most of the time you see them they're like action stars especially during like that time period mm-hmm. um and then yeah as he got older man people just you know he always was like such like friendly roles yeah and it wasn't like any even when he the thing is, is like when he yells it's there's something not very like intimidating about him yeah you're right and he's never really taken a role where he's a bad guy uh-huh. uh apparently um the elvis movie he plays the colonel and he's taking advantage of elvis but he's not like an evil dude like he never held the president hostage in a movie or <laughs> fucking some shit like that you know that's what we need uh a bad a bad tom hanks role <laughs> tom hanks yeah <laughs> hey we said that about uh about leo and then uh he was great in in django and chain oh, yeah um but yeah, uh, Tom Hanks, and then obviously there's a rumor that he uh, is like evil and uh, is in a in a cult of some sort. <laughs> I don't know the whack jobs on on the internet. They're like, oh, Tom Hanks knows all about it. He's evil as fuck. Blah blah. blah. I don't know. Checks it's, out. Checks out. It's fucking <laughs> ridiculous ass shit. The crazy thing is like, just his whole family dynamic too. It's just like everyone in his family because it's like his. It seems like his uh, Colin Hanks is kind of like coming up as like this new like this sort of not essentially like filling in issues but it's like puts out that same like vibe that he does you yeah know? I, he's got a he's got a similar vibe for sure i just don't think he's uh i don't know he he was in a lot of stuff earlier on in his career uh. and then um kind of fizzled out i mean he could still be in more stuff yeah. but I don't think he's ever going to reach the the cloud of Tom Hanks, but but Chet, Chet, that guy. that's his other son, right? <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. He was in that episode of Atlanta, I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Funny, funny, <laughs> funny, funny. Um, moving on. All right, yeah. Let's go. Uh, Bruce Dern, Bruce Dern, who plays Rumsfeld in this movie, is fucking absolutely hilarious. He's got a really really long career. Um, he's the uh, Father of of uh, Laura Dern. Um, it's in movies like Silent Running, nineteen seventy two, The Cowboys, nineteen seventy two, Family Plot, a lot of lot of a uh, lot of uh, westerns from back in the day. Support your local sheriff, Hang 'Em High. Uh, we talked about Quentin Tarantino, Hateful Eight. He's in that one. He's got a very small part in Once Upon a Time in Mexico. He's in this movie. He's in the nineteen seventy four version of The Great Gatsby. Um, Movie I remember watching with my sister called Down Periscope in 1996 about a ragtag group of something or others on a submarine with Kelsey Grammer. Hmm. Um, he's super funny in this movie. I think his, uh, I feel like I had, there was a guy that I knew that lived across the street from me that gave off Rumsfeld vibes yeah. for sure growing up. Um, and yeah, he's, he's, he's great in this movie. He's a very distinctive voice, especially like yeah. when he's gotten older. Yeah, definitely. Um, next we got Mr. Rick Ducunham, uh, Ducum, sorry, yeah, Ducumman, Ducumman, yeah, that's how we say it, Rick Ducumman, um, he is my absolute favorite character in this movie, <laughs> I fuck it, I love Art Weingartner, um, and he's been in a lot of shit, man, a lot of, a lot of shit, a lot of small roles that I feel like people don't really, uh, they don't recognize him or they don't remember him. So he's in this movie, 1989. 
He's also in a movie called Little Monsters with uh, Kevin. Uh, not, I was going to say Kevin Arnold, but that's his name on the Wonder Years. Uh, Fred Savage. Uh, he plays the driver um, in Blank Check. Okay. I don't know if you guys remember Blank Check in that fucking weird ass movie. Um, he's in Ghostbusters really quick. He's in um, Spaceballs, the Mel Brooks picture, oh, yeah. uh, really quick. He's in Groundhog's Day, Encino Man. He is the power guy in Die Hard. Shut it down. Shut it down now. <laughs> That's him. Um, he's also the dad in Scary Movie, um, who's like... <laughs> oh, yeah, he is the dad. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, dude. He's in, a lot, he's in a lot of shit. Dude. I fucking love, I love that guy. Sadly... He um he passed away uh, a few years ago in 2015. I was very sad because I I just I love him in this movie and pretty much every movie he's always just kind of like the fast talking like wise ass type dude yeah. and never really got like a I feel like of everything I've seen him in not really a bigger more important role in this he's he's in blank check quite a bit but his role doesn't it seem that important at yeah. all. Um, but yeah, he's fucking fantastic in this. I, we love uh, Rick Ducumin here. Yeah, uh, yeah, he like he's very pivotal to this entire movie. Yeah, just how everything just rolls out. Yeah, dude, it, it's it, he's he's uh, there's a thing in writing where you're supposed to your protagonist is supposed to be an active protagonist mm-hmm. and not just have things happen to them. Mm-hmm. Whereas in this movie, I feel like everything is just happening to Tom Hanks, but Rick Ducumin and uh, Art Weingartner is making everything happen to him. He's br- he's like pulling him along to like make all this shit happen. Um, all right, so next up we got Carrie Fisher, who is it almost needs no introduction. She's Princess Leia. She's also famous for writing a lot of a lot of movies. She's in this movie. She's in the Blues Brothers, all of the Star Wars franchise. A uh, little movie that me and my sisters loved growing up, Drop Dead Fred, um, and just a bunch of different movies. And obviously, she passed away not too long ago. Oh, Jane Silent Bob Strike Back. I forgot she's in that. It's a Harry Bush nun. Um, just she's just great. Uh, we love Carrie Fisher. She was just such a a bright, uh, bright and shining star in Hollywood, and just what an incredible voice as a writer, as a you know. As an actor, just absolutely amazing. And, uh, when Harry Met Sally. When Harry Met <laughs> Sally as well, yeah. I just recently had watched that this year. Oh, really? For, like for the, for first, the first time? time and yeah. I was like, it's, a, oh. it's, a, it's a good movie. Uh, yeah, yeah. Not it's bad. a really good movie. All right, next up, we got the man himself, like I said, uh, why we're doing this episode. Corey Feldman. Corey Feldman was a huge, huge child star, um, and unfortunately his... Uh, his career fizzled out in the early nineties. I think he I think audiences got a little little uh Corey Feldman fatigue. And then obviously I think he had his run ins with the party lifestyle and kind of probably drove him out of drove him out of getting lead roles. But he's super young in movies like The Gremlins and then also uh Friday the thirteenth part three or four, I believe. Um, the Goonies, nineteen eighty five, one of my favorites as a kid. Uh, talked a little bit about St- uh, Stand by Me when uh, I was talking about Keith Sutherland. I cannot, for- I cannot believe I forgot to talk about Corey Feldman in that last podcast. <laughs> Fucking ridiculous. Um, yeah, uh, Stand Stand by Me, nineteen eighty six, 
The Lost Boys, 1987, like I said, License to Drive, 1988, and then he does this one, 1989. 1990, he plays uh, Donatello in the uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles movie. And then his career, like I said, starts to fade out a little bit. The last movie I remember seeing him in uh, was Bordello of Blood, which was the sequel. Not really a sequel, but the second Tales from the Crypt movie. And I remember seeing him in that movie and just being like, "Whoa, he looks really weird." And just, <laughs> I don't know, just really weird. It's kind of it's kind of rough seeing like a child a child star, yeah. That. Unless the unless the camera's on them the entire time and like you kind of just grow up with them and they're just normal the entire time. But you could tell definitely like he was out of it for a while and then he came back and just like all all strange. Um, yeah, he's on an episode of. Uh, of Married with Children as well, where he like takes Kelly out on a date. Um, he makes music now. It's not good. I've, I found myself uh, watching some of his music videos mm. just at a sheer like, what the fuck is this? What <laughs> um, kind, of, kind of music is it? It's fucking weird rock music. Mm. He, he, does, he has this obsession with Michael Jackson. That like he he'll always wear like a glove and like a big leather jacket and then tries to do like Michael Jackson moves when he dances. I think didn't he have like a uh like uh they, he was like had a close relationship. Yeah, he, yeah, yeah, yeah. He he knew Michael Jackson pretty well. Um, yeah, but yeah, that's Corey Feldman. Uh, you know, he was a big part of my childhood, but I try to remember him that way and not now. He he tours around a lot now, singing songs, and I'm just like, well, that's crazy. Um, other than that, we got a few shout outs to get through really quick. Uh, Wendy Skull. Uh, I didn't realize growing up that Joe Dante directed this movie and Small Soldiers, and I was watching it one day, and I recognized Wendy Skull. She plays Rumsfeld's wife, hmm. uh, Bonnie, and um, she's also Phil Hartman's wife. In uh, in Small Soldiers. And I was like, oh, shit, that's crazy. Uh, Courtney Gaines, he's been in a lot of stuff. He plays Hans in this movie. Um, Children of the Corn, famously. He's in a video game called Eleanor that we both played. Just been in a bunch of stuff over the years. Henry Gibson, who plays uh, Dr. Klopek, Warner Klopek. Mm. Uh, he is in this movie. He's in Blues Brothers. He's in Biodome with uh, Pauly Shore. Dick Miller, who has been in a lot of shit, won't even go into everything that he's been in, um, but he's in this movie, he's in Gremlins, he's in the other Tales from the Crypt movie, Demon Knight, uh, he's in Small Soldiers, just re- very recognizable face, Very, he's a he's a garbage man, mm, yeah. Um, yeah. The, the older one, Yeah, very recognizable face, yeah, I, lo- I love those guys so much too. Uh, very recognizable voice, but yeah, that's him. Brother Theodore, who plays Ruben Klopek. Uh, he's, I think this is like the only thing that he's in, but whatever. I guess he was like a very interesting guy. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Everybody, everybody says that he was really difficult to work with. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Rance Howard, who is, uh, uh, Ron Howard's father is in this. He plays a detective. Uh, old man says he's got a ransom note that says you stole his dog. <laughs> uh, Robert Picardo, uh, he's a great actor. He's the other track uh, trash man. He's in this. Works with Joe Dante again in uh, Small Soldiers as well. Okay. 
He plays Mug, uh, Meg Mucklebones in Legend, directed by Ridley Scott, the Tom Cruise film. Um, and he plays Mr. Cutlip on The Wonder Years, one of my favorite shows growing up as a kid. A uh, couple other shout-outs. Uh, Nikki Cat, who plays Steve Kuntz. He's in movies like Days and Confused, A Doomed Generation, and uh, not Death Proof. What's the other one? Planetaire. He's been in a bunch of other stuff. But yeah, that's uh, that's 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 the cast. So now let's get into the mean potatoes of this of this uh, show. And yeah, I wrote like a lot of notes. Dude, I wrote like three pages. Of notes. <laughs> okay, well, what what do you, what do you got? What what what's all right? So as I was watching, I was just kind of like, you know what? I'm just gonna I'm just gonna jot down things as I'm watching the movie. Okay. And so like. Um, like we the, the opening that Universal logo. That's just, oh yeah. I was like, oh, this is really into, cool. Into I, the neighborhood. Yeah, it's it's uh, that's one of my favorite openings of a movie ever. I like when they're clever like that. And and like what's another one? Like recent one I've seen is probably like in um, uh, Spider Man's uh, uh, Far From Home. Yeah, and they open with the the what's it called? Um, it's like the Statue of Liberty. Uh, right, 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 right. And, and then it like cuts, and it's like a Saint Mary uh, statue. And it's like, uh-huh. Oh, that's that's cool. Like I like I like when they do that. Um, but I like this opening tag when they have like uh, it's just Tom Hanks. Like it kind of sets up the whole vibe of the movie. It's like, yeah, Tom Hanks rolls out, and he fucking rolls out barefoot. And they kind of make it like a they make it like a they like zoom in on his feet that he's barefoot. Yeah, and I was. Kind of a little like why why the fuck like what's the like relevance of that? But you see, he like sees the house and the lights are going off in the basement, and then like he looks over and the neighbors looking at him. I was like, oh, this is kind of a perfect scene. Whoever wrote this shit, just like you get the vibe of it. It, right it away. feels like you you could really see what was written on paper oh, on sure. on the screen, it's, especially like you're absolutely right yeah continue i was gonna say it's very like tv-esque you know before it's like all right like here's like the tag. like the like the cold open yeah yeah, yeah yeah but um i remember me and you were talking about it earlier how it feels like uh it it feels like an episode of tv you're, you're saying it feels yeah like it could be like a like a simpsons episode yeah that so right away like you said the the whole universal and then zooming into the United States. I, I love that because it's it's such an interesting use of just the intro, and then also it's supposed to be like, oh, this is Middle America. That's exactly where it goes to. Right. We're we're somewhere like in Illinois or some shit like that. Everything was in Illinois in the eighties. <laughs> um, but I love that. Yeah, I wrote right here. Love the cold open intro with like for for TV. Um, him walking outside, him looking over, seeing Rumsfeld uh, in the window with the with the cigar. It's just a <laughs> silhouette of him, and then the the score from the beginning just. The score is done by Jerry Goldsmith, who has done so many different movies. You gotta gotta just shout out a few: The Omen, Rambo, this movie, Gremlins, Chinatown, uh, Legend, uh, Rudy, and. The when they show Rumsfeld and the cigar, and you hear that <laughs> that's from Patton, which uh, Jerry Goldsmith did the music for that as well. Oh, really? And then uh, just once the burbs come out on the screen, the title, right. and then it's just like the or like the what is that? The organ that's yeah. just like the the music in this movie is so over the top, but it's so <laughs> fucking good, and it just lends itself to like. For everything to be so good, but okay, yeah, go on, go on. 
Let's see where we at. Oh, and then they, it comes. It starts doing. It's like you know, here's the neighborhood. Yeah, yeah. The the kid on the on the bike. It's it, I think, but there's a scene. Paperboy. Yeah, the paper boy. There's a uh, fucking Tom Hanks when he gets hit with the newspaper. <laughs> he throws his <laughs> throws his copy. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's just like uh, his whole, he's like always oh, fucking aggravated. It's, in it, there. Dude, it's weird because like I said, I I watched this movie growing up a lot, but it wasn't until like early twenties, maybe late teens, early twenties, where I was watching it. And that part in particular, like, I remember the first time I laughed really hard at that part because he's, like, walking out, coffee, and then he just gets hit with the fucking, and he just tosses his coffee. <laughs> he's like, motherfucker. Uh, there's, there's, I don't know. Uh, there's, yeah, there's some, there's some beats in here where it's, like, uh, Tom Hanks' delivery, like, just specifically on that, it's just, like, on Yeah, the there's, there's so many good ones. So um, many good ones. Yeah, no, yeah, these, these neighbors are fucking nosy. And they just, like, the whole, like, burbs kind of like the whole vibe of it i was just like yeah dude this is how fucking neighbors are they're fucking super nosy yeah um everyone has that like lore of some neighbor on their block that you know they fucking all have like created this like story about them yeah that's 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 basically um i feel really bad about this uh on my block and I, bl- I blame my uncle because he was just an asshole. Um, <laughs> on my block, we had a whole community of people, mm-hmm. and pretty much everybody knew everybody for 4th of July. We all barbecued in the middle of the street, everything like that. But there was one house in the corner of my neighborhood that was a home for um, special needs people, like, you know, every type of special needs that you could possibly have, mm-hmm. or, you know, and my uncle. Me being a little kid and I don't know anything about, you know, handicapped people or anything like that. He would just be like, oh, they're crazy. They're going to come get you in the middle of the night and blah, blah. And like I was always I was always afraid to like go go to. Yeah, it's the same uncle that told me (laughs) that he could go crazy and murder me in like the next couple hours. Yeah. But he would be like, oh, yeah, they're going to come in the middle of the night and pull you out of your beds. They're, they're crazy. He used to call them the loons. Oh, my god! Yeah, just totally not PC. This is in the 90s. Nobody really cared about those issues, really, or anything. So I grew up just thinking, having a bad connotation towards, you know, special needs people. And, yeah, uh, yeah, it, it it was one of those things. So even for me in that small neighborhood, I had like this house. Like, oh, if my football went on the lawn, I'm getting a new football. Like, you <laughs> it's, know, it's we used to have this uh, neighbor. He lived on the corner, and it was just like an old guy, you yeah. know, just old dude trying to mind his own business. But the kids had like dubbed him old man crazy, <laughs> and uh, and there was like a, I don't know who, how or where, whatever this rumor started, but it's like. I think someone ding dong dished his house one time, and then they said that he came out with like a shotgun and was like driving around the block. <laughs> we live in a cul de sac, and it's like there's only like fucking there's like only a certain amount of kids. So you yeah, obviously yeah. know who fucking ding dong dished your yeah. house, but you know it's just like crazy as shit. It's like people trying to mind their own business, and all of a sudden everyone's like against them, you know? Yeah. Um, but which is like very pivotal to this the burb story. Yeah, yeah, um, but. Yeah, man. Uh, there's some points in this where I'm just like, dang, is, is 
Dominic's going to be a racist in this because there's a point where they're like, <laughs> they're like talking about like, oh, I have infrared goggles. Oh, yeah. And see. he's like, oh, now we, all we have to do is burn a cross like, on the front lawn. <laughs> well, no, that's that's where that's where like you said, like exactly. That's exactly what I thought when you're like, oh, some jokes are serious uh-huh. and then some jokes are like really cartoonish. That's one where like if the movie was penned as like this really like dry co- like comedy, like. I don't think that that was him being racist. I think it's him being hyperbolic, but oh, yeah. it's a really dark joke yeah, for I'll sure. Do. Like it's a super <laughs> dark joke. Um, let's see, uh, man. Tom Hanks just he just wanted to stay on staycation. Yeah, and, yeah. And Carrie Fisher the whole time is like just trying to get him out of there. Out. Which in hindsight, probably well, actually no. I was going to say it probably would have been better, but had that not all happened, they would have still had murders living next yeah. to their house. Spoiler alert: they're actual murders. Yeah. Um, I lo- I love uh Rumsfeld's intro coming out, dude. I was gonna, I wrote that in here. I was like, Art has the best fucking intro because it's just like <laughs> it's, it just encapsulates like that suburban life. You yeah, never, yeah. Like first of all, the those owl those owl yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. that used to keep crows away, and it's like sitting on top of it, and then a motherfucker comes in with a BB gun trying to shoot shoot at the crows. <laughs> yeah. Like I'm like, dude, that's fucking. That's, that's why I wrote I I wrote this here. Uh. Tom Hanks comes inside after the newspaper and he's like, oh, we have an arms dealer on one side of the street and a crazy person down. And I was like, is he talking about art? <laughs> he's talking about art, right? <laughs> and then like right after we get the intro of art in the backyard with the fucking gun. Uh, um, shit. I, lo- I love his like little makeshift ghillie suit. He's got like shrubs <laughs> on his shoulder when he, oh, yeah, when like he emerges bush. from the bush. <laughs> um. Just him coming into the house, dude, and just, like, making himself, like, at home. Oh, like, yeah, dude, yeah, This must be the most fucking annoying neighbor ever. But it's it's funny because, like, he's, like, grabbing fruit from the fridge and just, like, making himself super comfortable. Dude, yeah. And he grabs, like, the weirdest shit. And I was, like, like pineapple. He grabs pineapple, maple syrup, and ribs. And he sits down <laughs> and he starts eating all this shit. That scene always makes me so hungry. I always – I remember watching it all the time and, like, wanting to take a bite of a sandwich or a rib whenever – because it's, it's him and, and uh, Tom Hanks' son. They're talking about – I love the line, you mean like grave diggers and just <laughs> eating the food? It's like, yeah. Uh-huh. There's there's like moments where he like presents himself like a kid the whole time. Oh, and, yeah, then, yeah. and then it gets to the point where they're like actually, they're actually do, children. They do big, yeah. yeah. And I'm just like, damn, yeah. that's fucking. Uh, yeah, I love, the, I love the line. Um, uh, Ricky Butler says that they're not turtle feeders. Oh, Ricky Butler says. <laughs> <laughs> oh, also, I didn't catch it the first like. 15 years I watched it but he's eating all that food picking off everybody's plate and everything and then Carrie Fisher walks by with something like a bowl in her hand and he reaches in to eat it and then he puts it in his mouth and he realizes it's fucking dog food <laughs> <He's> <laughs> I didn't see that, didn't see that? <laughs> no. yeah she's going to feed uh, feed the, her dog and she walks by with the bowl and he like reaches into it and puts it in his mouth and he's like <laughs> but it's fucking dog food Immediately after that, when they come out of the house just to, like, look around, uh, obviously the stuff with Rumsfeld's uh, and um, Walter's dog, uh. I'm going to catch him and staple his ass shut. Dude, that dog took the reddest shit. <laughs> yeah. Like, that, that, dog, that dog's in a lot of movies, actually. I think that's the same dog from uh, from Silence of the Lambs. Oh, yeah. famous dog. Yeah. Um, let's see. Oh, that's – all right. So, fucking I, – I, I understand my note now. I wrote Red, but I don't know his name. The the red, the ginger guy comes out Hans. of the house. Hans, yeah. yeah. 
he comes out of the house. One of the Huns came out of the cave. It's it's funny because everybody's just fucking staring, just staring at him. At him. Oh, uh, Rumsfeld's wife says we shouldn't be staring like this. <laughs> yeah, and they're just like they're like on the edge of his property, just like staring. Yeah, at him. it's just like I I um that's probably probably my my favorite scene in the movie. Almost. Right, why don't you go say hi? Yeah, I guess I could. You know, it, it, this would be the perfect time because you could go up and talk to him. We, we could see what he's like. You know, go. You could go say hi to him too. You know. Yeah, but he's your neighbor. Well, no, he's your neighbor as well. No, but I'm over. You're you share a property line with him. He's yeah, your, like, we're all on the same block, so I mean, you could go too. So. No, it's oh, we're all on the same town too. But you're right next to him. If he was ever going to borrow anything, he'd come over to your place. Well, he's he's busy now. He's, no, he's not busy now. Look, he's going into go now because if. I mean, he's going back in. If you were, if you were going to say hi, you should probably. There, he's going into the hut. You're, you're going to lose him because he's, he's going to go in. Well, there now you've blown it, haven't you? No, I didn't blow it. He, went, he went into his house. Chicken. I'm not chicken because he went into his house. <laughs> well, he went into his. You know, you look like a chicken in front of your son and everything. Your son. One of my favorite. One of my favorite lines ever is is. Uh, you know, you look like a chicken in front of it, your son and everybody out of here. <laughs> your son. He's just trying to egg fuck it and egg uh, Tom Hanks on and like so hard. Yeah, I mean it works because no, no. Like, immediately he's like, "Well, come on there, yeah, you a chicken. They're daring each other to ring the doorbell, <laughs> dude. It's so good. Um, the address, the fucking. Oh uh, yeah, six, six, six. it's like six six nine, <laughs> and then they fucking hit the knocker once, and it turns to six six six. Uh, I love also right before that when they come out of the garage and he's talking about like Carol bought his dad bought him some tools, mm. but uh, Arch just, he literally just ate all that food inside. He's like, oh, you want to go down to the deli and get one of them sub sandwiches? <laughs> he's like, nah, I think I'm all right. I think I'm all right. Um, the foot like once they knock at the door, the those bees, all the bees she, run to me. So run to water. Oh yeah, she's just like spraying them down to him. Like that's <laughs> bees don't give a shit. They yeah. can still attack you. Uh, just art. Art has a real bee in his. Mouth, yeah, he right? does. It's, yeah. it's an actual bee. Crazy. Um, but yeah, I love that part. Uh, Bruce Stern just running with the hose and then getting stuck. Like it's a classic, dude. Looney Tunes, like Charlie Chaplin bit. <laughs> fuck it, running with the hose, runs out of length and just fucking eats shit. Uh, Tom Hanks' son just looks so disappointed in him as fucking uh, Ricky Butler's just laughing his ass off, dude. Ricky Butler is like, all right, so he's painting this house the entire movie. Yeah. And he's doing such a shitty paint job. Terrible job. I didn't realize till later. I'm like, dude, what the <laughs> fuck? That, that's the worst his parents are, His parents are going to come home and be like, what the fuck? Like, <laughs> the exploding house on the other side of the street is going to be the least of their worries. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, like after all that, it's like, oh, fucking, I was over there. The same thing happened to me the, uh, the other week, but it wasn't bees. It was a foaming squirrel. <laughs> <laughs> Um, when they're, uh, so nighttime comes when they're chilling and it's like, you know what? Yeah, you're absolutely right. This movie, literally every single scene, like one right after the other is like, it's, it's all, there's so much good stuff. Yeah. There's just, yeah, Yeah. it's it's hard. It's hard to skip through all of it. Cause it's like, oh, this shit's funny. Yeah. yeah. I I love, you said it skips tonight. I know we're going to go to that scene, but just, uh, they're, they're trying to do Jeopardy and fucking. Rick Ducumin's like banging oh, yeah. it. He's like, as soon as Carol looks, he like tries to duck oh, down yeah. like she doesn't see him or whatever. 
like that's not going. I was like, I'll, it's funny because it made me realize, like, oh yeah, you couldn't just like t- text anyone at this. Oh time, yeah, like, no, no Matt or call him. No, I mean you could have I mean, just knocked. Call, yeah, you could have called or whatever. But, but I was just like, oh man, if you just knocked at someone's window at like now, it'd be very creepy. Like, especially if you're like trying to hide from them too. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, so he calls. Yeah, he calls Tom Hanks out, and he's like sm- smoking a cigar with. He's with Ricky Butler outside. Oh yeah, and hey, then, you with the dog. <laughs> Keep that mud off my lawn, will you? And then, uh, but like as Tom Hanks is approaching, he's like spills this like little drummer really quick. I'm like, <laughs> yeah. dude, that's that's a very fucking. Is like he comes outside to smoke cigars. His wife won't let him sleep in the house. He doesn't know I know that. <laughs> hey Ray, how you doing? <laughs> and then they they decide to go on a fucking walk. Yeah. And, um, Oh no! Yeah, they start talking about the skip story. Oh yeah, the skip yeah. story. The skip story is probably one of the best parts. I, uh, I think that's when I wanted to bring up like the each each uh, each town has sort of like their urban legend. Yeah, you know? yeah, definitely. And uh, we were talking about him yesterday too uh, when I went over to Vanessa's, mm-hmm. and someone brought up Green Mist. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's, so it's when I when thing. I was when I was um, doing research for this, uh, Dana Olson and and who wrote the movie and. Uh, Joe Dante, the the whole story contrives from every town having that like crazy person or like some some horrible thing happening uh-huh. somewhere that and some like word of mouth like oh this person this person like big game of telephone and the story gets misconstrued. But yeah, we had uh, we had that place for us like up in what that's Chino Hills, Chino right? Hills. In, oh, we also have the, the Cooper House. Or it's whatever. like in the same area yeah, though, same, right? Yeah, off of Payton, yeah, or or. We were talking about it yesterday. It's like, yeah, when you ever ask anybody, the house is always at a different spot. Yeah, like, for real. Yeah, for real. Um, but yeah, the, the skip story. I love just just art. Anytime art's talking, I'm just like so invested. It's he's just so fucking. Oh funny. yeah, yeah. He's, uh, their their relationship throughout this whole thing is like really <laughs> fucking funny. I have a I have a good bit for the end the um the sequel prequel uh remake type okay <laughs> but uh yeah um yeah and then i i love their their whole i love tom hanks just because he's telling this story to ricky butler really mm. but he's kind of telling him like they kind of planned it to scare ray yeah and i love tom hanks like just i remember that i remember hearing about that as a kid but like he you could tell he's already so scared <laughs> and i love uh fucking ricky butler and his like oh green sky and morning <laughs> Neighbor take warning. Green sky at night. Neighbor take flight. <laughs> his, so, he has a date that night, right? Yeah. Because he's like, oh, yeah, this is better than watching TV. I just wrote down here Ricky Butler, Ricky's Ricky's date outfit, and he has, like, that studded leather <laughs> yeah, jacket. Yeah, dude. That's fucking great. I also love that early on, and this is a part that, that, that really enforces that that dude he loves living on that street and i I couldn't tell you how much i loved as a kid um living on the street where i lived uh when i when i when i was living on that cul-de-sac it was just really really i don't know it felt like something out of a movie and it it was just really fun for Mm -hmm. me and i just i always loved that ricky loves the street so much that he doesn't want to go to a movie that he's always just trying to be there and see like something whatever what what everybody's doing some shit's gonna go on yeah i think it's a little well like you don't really see that nowadays i feel like it's rarely it's rare to see people out of their house 
Yeah, no. That, people don't really go outside unless unless you're in the hood. If oh, you're yeah, in the hood, yeah. there's kids playing everywhere. They're oh, yeah, at yeah. like it makes me sad. Like even on Halloween that just passed. Oh yeah. Me and Grace were driving down the street and we saw like a good handful of people like walking around. So we went to the store to grab pizza or something. Yeah. But dude, when I was a fucking kid, like we packed. It was dude, all the streets everywhere, just yeah. so many people. Yeah. And that's it's just weird. not the case anymore. It's weird to be like, Oh, did you have trick or treaters? And like, no. no. It's like yeah, it's yeah. such a weird thing to say. I uh, to be honest with you, the street here where I live, I've lived here for like twenty years. I've never had a trick or treater here. Oh wow. Yeah. Cul de sacs are a little I think they're just, you know, kids are they yeah, go and also this neighbor, this neighborhood, it's not like it's in the ghetto or anything, but it's like in between two businesses. I yeah. just don't see people like coming down here. But that's regardless. Um, moving on, where are we at? Um, uh, I think the lights go off, and everyone's like, "Oh, what the fuck's going on?" Oh um, no! So when when Ray, when Art pulls Ray out of the house, and then that's when they go. Uh, over to Bruce Stearns, yes, and they have yeah. the infra- they have the infrared, the infrared scope. scope. <laughs> and uh, Hans comes out of the the garage. They're they're about to go over there. I I love uh, I love that the the noise is like getting really really loud. And they're like, where the fuck is it coming from? And this, I know where it's coming from. Oh, yeah. They're just like looking, <laughs> blows up. And then uh, Hans comes out of the garage and and drives his his garbage down to the to the street. <laughs> they're so freaked out. out. <laughs> yeah. Who brings trash out in the middle of the night? Like <laughs> and beats the hell out of it with the yeah. shovel. Uh, yeah. So that part that parts that part's great. And then it starts raining. And then Ricky's like, "Ah, oh, rained away. Bummer. Like <laughs> whatever." And then immediately after, dude, the music in this movie is so good. Immediately after that, they 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 click over to. Uh, Ray looking out his window <laughs> and they're in the backyard and they're just fucking digging all gnarly and the music dude the music in that scene and you just like it's like it's like a rosemary's baby like like epic score and just it's oh god it's so good it's, it always reminds me it's kind of like it's very like rear window or like yeah. you know you know when like uh like cartoons do like or like even sitcoms they'll do like riffs off a rear window yeah yeah yeah. Yeah, that's kind of how well that that's that's what i was saying you brought it up earlier is i was i was trying to think um why this movie resonates with me because like i said the the critics didn't really like it i find this movie fucking hilarious it's got a really weird like comedy style yeah and what I was saying is that I feel like this movie is the closest possible incarnation that you can get of a Treehouse of Horror episodes done in live action. Oh, yeah. it, it It's just, it's got a very real setting, huh. but things get very zany and very like ridiculous, like up and down like a roller coaster throughout the entire movie. It's like, oh, it's real. Oh, it's ridiculous. Oh, it's real. Oh, it's ridiculous. Oh, we, we thought this. Oh, it's actually true. Like over and over again. I do feel like it kind of uh, like puts itself in like the grounds of like realism too, though. I, yeah, but yeah. I've always kind of felt like, I don't know. It's one of those things where it's like real life feels more closer to like some sort of weird cartoon. Than yeah, it does that's, yeah, yeah. You're right. You're than right. it does like actual like drama stuff going on. You know? <laughs> yeah. Um, um. All right. So so we're at the trash. Yeah, we're at the right, trash let's, scene. Let's in the morning. Let's go get it. Uh, uh, yeah. <laughs> and then the fucking the garbage men get there. 
two of my favorite fucking characters. I wish they were in this movie more. Yeah, just to be honest with you. They're like these like Shakespearean kind of dudes. Yeah, you know, like, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like, like having a really intelligent conversation <laughs> yeah. and then they fucking get run up on by the fucking neighbors. Yeah, it's so fucking oh, funny. Art calls them Garbies. 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 Garbage asshole. No, I love their conversation. You want to try laying on some hands? He's a really great healer and I'm a really great bowler. And <laughs> next week we're taking on Roselli's plumbing. Just uh, it just because we don't meet anybody else but who lives in the neighborhood no. until the end with the cops coming. Oh, yeah, yeah. And this is just a great, like we said, it grounds it more in reality. You have these two garbage men who probably live in this town. Who's like they 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 they're bowlers and they're taking on a rival company. And then you have this guy who's. A garbage man, but probably is just not like the rest of the garbage man. He wants, he's talking about spiritual healing and like all this <laughs> shit. It's just so fucking so fun. And then, uh, I love, and I say this all the time, I love art running out and then immediately jumping into the fucking garbage <laughs> truck, throwing shit out. What are you doing? He's like, uh, He's like the Supreme Court ruled that once a person's garbage hits a uh, hits the <laughs> curb, it's it's uh it's uh public it's public knowledge. And then fucking uh, Bruce Stern comes out with the half half of his face is covered in fucking shaving cream. <laughs> and he like hikes. He's like, help me get this guy out of there. And he hikes up his fucking shorts and hops in the fucking garbage truck too. I think uh, so. When when I first uh, see the the garbage guys come in. Because uh, they're both, like, two different, like, characters. Yeah, yeah, right? completely. One, one guy's old. The other guy's, like, very young. Yeah. But as a little hip- hippie-ish. Yeah, yeah. He, like, he has, like, a rainbow patch and, like, like like pin, like band yeah, pins or P- something. Yeah, like. That's when I was, like, looking. I was, like, oh, they, like, the costumes of everyone's are really funny. And then fucking, uh, what's his name? Rumsfeld comes out. And he has this camo robe. So, he camo <laughs> boxers. Yeah, and his half-shaped face. I was, like, dude. It's like, this fucking guy. Uh, what did he say? He's, like, did you pick up a hefty bag out of there that was probably a little bit moist? the hell it's like they have the right to know Vic. <laughs> <laughs> oh man and then uh we go inside and fucking carrie fisher and tom hanks are like arguing get a tan then i'm not supposed to get a tan in my pajamas <laughs> it's like dad art's throwing out, uh trash all over the street your mom and i are trying to have a conversation <laughs> what and just runs out ray ray get back here i'll, I'll, I'll be right back <laughs> dude they go over there and then they're just like fuck it uh dude just the arguments that they're having the garbage man Question is garbage. Who's going to pick up this mess? <laughs> you're going to pick up the mess because you're a garbage man. <laughs> just, just all the shit talking. And then it's funny because they never pick it up. And that shit's just messed <laughs> up. The whole movie. movie. <laughs> I was like, dude, that trash is still fucking there. <laughs> when, the, when the club picks come, when they leave, when they come back, when the fucking cops come, they're just all running <laughs> over the trash in the street. I um, I think the uh, so I really like that quote from the garbage man. He's just like, oh, I hate cold sex. There's only one way out. People are kind of weird. <laughs> naked like, ladies. Yeah, naked ladies. <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh man, that's fucking great. Uh, okay. Um, oh yeah, and then that's when, that's when. Uh, fuck, I don't know how it gets prompted, but he's like telling him, he's like, Ray, tell him, tell him what you saw, tell him what you saw. Is like, oh, uh, uh, they're in their backyard, and what were they doing? They were digging. Digging! I told you! They're ghouls! It's like, no, they're digging for night crawlers. Night crawlers? Yeah, they're fishermen. Fishermen! Dude, so good. Uh, <laughs> damn. And then uh, 
after that we have oh uh they have to go into Walter's house yeah, afterwards. Uh, Queenie, Queenie pops Queenie up. Queenie right pops now. up, and then they got to go into Walter's house. Um, Do you have uh, any notes on I, that? I think I just skipped it because okay. there's like a lot of things in there where I was just like, oh, there, there's a, there's a few things that I have to mention. Couple bits. Obviously, they they go into they they try to get into Walter's house. They can't get in. Brewster breaks into his <laughs> Touching house. Touching every fucking yeah. Thing. I love I love fucking's like oh I don't like snooping around our neighbor's house. You mean a dead guy's house? <laughs> and he has he's like tossing a little crystal ball, puts it in his pocket. <laughs> Look, signs of a struggle. You want like a tear? Just you want to t- you want to take that out of your pocket? Okay. <laughs> you want to not steal that from our neighbor's house? Um, but obviously Walter's not there. So T- Tom Hanks takes Queenie with them, and he's trying to figure out a nice way to write this note. <laughs> And then it, it, none of it sounds good, so he abruptly just says, Walter, I have your dog, and shoves it through the, the door. No, the fucking toupee through the mail slot. Uh, fucking yeah. hilarious. It's like, uh. Yeah, and then he looks, and then fucking Rube Klopek is in the window staring at him, and, and then that leads to a whole nother oh, he, thing he calls, afterwards. Oh, Mrs. Klopek. He calls her Mrs., and I was like, oh, I think, that, I think that's a guy. Uh, Yeah, and then... Right after, right after that, that's when we go into the basement, which is another great scene where oh. Art's Art's trying to convince Ray that they're Satanists, and he's got the he's got the book in front of him. Um, the incubus, the succubus, mutilations, mutilations, uh, all that stuff's good, and Ray doesn't want to hear any of it, so he puts his fucking hands over his ears and it starts. Dream you were gonna win the lottery and you blew five hundred dollars. Oh, oh, I can't believe you're still bringing that I had up. I dream a plane was gonna crash, so he took the bus to Las Vegas. If I'd have been on the plane, it would have crashed. And it doesn't matter. This wasn't a dream. This was a vision. I'm telling you, these people are Satanists. As I sit here, they are Satanists. Look, look, the world is full of these kind of things. Look at this: black masses, mutilations, mutilations. The incubus, the succubus. I'm telling you, Walter was a human sacrifice. You should have gone to the lake. <laughs> I should have listened to Carol. I should listen to your wife. Who listens to their wife? Listen, you got to listen to me. You know what the deal is? What we got to do is we got to go down to the religious supply store. We got to get ourselves a couple of gallons of holy water. My oh, cousin Jerry's I'm a priest. He can get us a deal. No, no, we got to. Then we got to go to the market. I don't, I don't we got to get ourselves this. a couple I'm of those big strings. You know, they string that garlic. A couple big strings of garlic. We got to get ourselves some fresh lamb's blood. And then we got to. Ray, do you want him to take your family, kidnap them, tear their livers out, and make some kind of satanic pate? Going to listen to this. Ray, you're chanting. I'm not going to Ray. Hear this now. I'm not Ray, look. Going to Ray. Listen to this. Unconscious chanting. You're chanting. Hear this now. I, I want to kill everyone. Satan is good. Satan is our this. pal. Ray, Ray. You're chanting. Hey, once they get in here, it's over, pal. Starts, I don't want to listen to this. I'm not going to hear this chanting, now. Chanting. You're chanting. Ritualistic chanting. I, I, that whole part's just so funny. I love fucking Ray. Once they get in here, it's over, pal. <laughs> just so paranoid and so ridiculous, but God, it's fucking hilarious. And then uh, after that, he's telling Carol about it, and she's like, they're, they're in their bed. And they're talking about it, and she just doesn't want anything to do with it. She thinks it's so stupid, and then leaves, and that's when we go into the dream sequence. It's it's funny, because right before that, he's, like, flipping through the channels, and it's like, horror movie <laughs> yeah. after horror movie. Dude, <laughs> I, want, I wrote that down. I was like, okay, so he sees The Exorcist, yeah. and then he sees the, the chick, like, being sacrificed over the fire. I was yeah. like, oh, God, what movie is that? And then... 
he switches over and he sees the Texas Chainsaw Massacre 2. And, dude, just the audio from that and, like, the look on his face, like, he just, <laughs> just seems so disgusted. Like, Why'd I get this subscription to shut it? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, all right, yeah. Then we go in the dream sequence, and then fucking that's when like oh the chainsaw cuts <laughs> through the wall. And it cuts his picture. Yeah. It cuts the from picture. the family. Yeah. yeah. Uh, oh, he gets pitted on the on the fucking giant. Oh yeah, the barbecue giant barbecue that they were talking about earlier. That he's like, oh yeah, I'll, I'll fix the barbecue. Like and then yeah, we'll yeah. cook something out there. Um, There's like a deleted scene where he's using the barbecue and like it catches on fire, like all huge. Oh really? Yeah, he's got to put it out. Um, and then you have like uh like uh what's it Walter and uh, Queenie come Oh out. dude. And then Queenie like Walter has a giant like <laughs> got demonic an axe. axe. Yeah, but it's like the the style of the axe yeah. looks really medieval and then Queenie has like a tiny little axe <laughs> in her head. I was like, what the dude. Uh and then fucking uh I love I love the fact that uh Art shows up and he skip. Oh yeah. Because oh, I feel like that's a common trope in dreams uh-huh. where like you're talking to somebody but it's not that person yeah. they're like either pretending to be somebody else or somebody else is pretending to be somebody you know and you're just like i remember when i first saw it i didn't recognize it was him because he's like has the, like the, the glasses on. Uh, yeah. glasses yeah um but yeah it's just like oh yeah it's not it's not me I'm, it's not me skip i'm, I'm, I'm pretending pretend to be skip yeah uh yeah i love i love that and then obviously the mind your own business stuff and then he wakes up and it's immediately mr rogers neighborhood um <laughs> Won't you be? It's just a really good transit, a really good transition. Um, and then I think after that we have. Uh, oh wait, hold on. We 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 skipped because they're like uh, they're doing the chant that he tells them earlier. Yeah. Um, oh, in the dream, yeah. yeah. They're they're the, the I want to kill everyone. <laughs> Satan is good. Satan is their. <laughs> <laughs> the, yeah, Dude. the fact like he so so Rick Ducumin does that in the basement, and then during his dream when they're gonna sacrifice Ray, everybody's chanting. That. <laughs> That's, uh, so good, good, good callback. Good call back. So good, so um, good. Um, yeah. So. Uh, after that next day, uh, that's when um, Bruce Stern and and Art. They go and they they slip the note under the door and then Art's got to run over to tell Ray like, oh yeah, what okay. they did. Ray's trying to sleep or whatever, and then he comes over and he's telling me he slipped the note under his door. And then Ray gets all pissed off. Ray, Ray, oh, I'm only trying to take a nap. I'm only laying here with my eyes closed trying to get some goddamn sleep. Quiet, 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 quiet. I wouldn't wake if it wasn't important. I think we flushed him out. Okay. The Clopex, Rumsfeld and I, we flushed him out. Wow. Yeah. We wrote a note. We slipped it under the door. We rang the bell and then we ran. You did that? Yeah. Oh, shit! Don't break me, I can't believe you. All I did was write, I know what you've done. That's all. I didn't sign it. Oh, I can't believe you, stupid. Why didn't you? God! You gotta goose these people every once in a while. You gotta give them a little shot, give them a little whack, let them know that you're there. Jeez, good dog, Vince. Good dog. Go get it. Here's the Go thing, get it. though. All right, see, they're going to think that I did it. Yeah, they are. Why? Because the old guy, he saw me write a note and put it underneath Walter's door, so now they're going to think that I did it! You wrote a note and put it under there? I didn't know that. Well, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter because we got him on the run now. Now they know that we know that they know that we know. Yes, it does matter. You did it, but they're going to suspect me! 
And he's like, whoa, what's going on? He's like, cuz he saw me slip a fucking note under Art's or under Walter's door, so now he's gonna think that it, I was a fucking dude. It's like they're not gonna be suspicious, they're not gonna blah blah. The whole time he's throwing the bone. Yeah. Good, good boy, Mac. Go, go, go. <laughs> and then fucking uh he realizes that he's like holding the femur. It's like, Ray, this is a femur bone. <laughs> Ray, there's no doubt anymore. This is real. Your neighbors are murdering people. They're chopping them up. They're burying them in their backyard. Ray, this is Walter. No! He's like, it's a human thigh bone. Yeah, he's like, what do you? Th- what? Uh, this didn't come off some chicken or whatever. And then dude's like, Ray, there's no question anymore. Your neighbors are killing people. They're cooking them in their basement. <laughs> Ray, this is Walter. <laughs> did that zoom in, zoom out. <laughs> yeah, dude. <laughs> so good. Oh, yeah, man. Looney Tunes. Yeah, so it's, sure. it's, oh, man. It's super zany, man. Yeah. Um, I think I skip, I think, where we go? I, did, I think I skipped right to where Carol grounds Ray. Yeah, yeah. And then they like, won't let him come out. Yeah, they're like, "Come on, Ray, we're gonna, we have a plan." And then they're like, "Oh no, boys, he can't come out today." <laughs> Please let him out. And then and he like kicks does around. a little yeah. kick. Oh, so good. Um, and their whole plan was just the fucking like ding dong ditch him. <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, after that, that's when we get into them going into the Clopex house, and Art's not invited, obviously. I, you know what? As as well as all of it works, he's trying to sneak in, and then it ends up like fucking the dog starts chasing him in the backyard. I really want to know what that scene would have been like with Art in in the room inside the Clopex house with oh. the rest of them. I, I same, but I feel like it just like shines Rumsfeld. Oh no, time. he's and dude. He's so good. Bruce Dern is like, so good in that scene. He's just so fucking like in his face. <laughs> oh yeah, buddy. What are we? What are we? Dude, uh, all right. Let's talk, okay. So they're they're walking up to the door, and then fuck. I love the fucking his foot grows through the ground, which had already happened to Art. Oh before. yeah, and they just cover it with a rug. Drops <laughs> drops the brown drops the brownies. There goes the goddamn brownies. <laughs> And they go in. Bruce Stern's lines in there just, oh, a fine Christian name. Hans Christian Anderson. <laughs> um, him, uh, when they're all just waiting. Uh, we get a Brother Theodore. Brother, Yeah, Brother Theodore just staring at Ray the entire the entire scene, just fucking looking at him all pissed off. And it's like, Klopek, what is that, Slavic? No. <laughs> about for, a, for about a nine on the tension scale, Rube. Okay. Rube just calls him Rube all the time. <laughs> we got you, Rube. Uh, from what I heard is, like, I guess the the actor was deaf. Oh, really? Yeah. So okay. like, like, he had he was like mo- like trying to concentrate and hitting his keys the whole time. Yeah. yeah, like, oh, yeah. So he's like really listening in. That <laughs> hey, it works because no, yeah. it, it seems like he really hates Ray like a lot. <laughs> I also love when they're just all being silent and. Uh, Bruce Stern's picking off the fucking the, the <laughs> wallpaper and then what he has what what I find so fascinating about it is he has no problem ripping it at all like it's all coming off ripping and ripping and he's like doesn't care and then once it comes off the wall he's like oh shit gotta put it back <laughs> like super quick I think no that's like one of the subconscious things where you're just like where you're just sort of like uncomfortable and you'll like pick it off of like yeah, a no. bottle or something and 
Yeah. And then obviously we got Hans coming in with the sardines and pretzels. And nobody wants one. Carol takes a pretzel and then... For some reason, Tom Hanks takes the sardine. <laughs> well, no, he, he looks at his wife, and his and wife she, is like, mm. "But she, I mean, she took a pretzel. He could have just taken a pretzel." Sure, yeah. But yeah, she's just like, "Come on!" And then he <laughs> takes it, dude. The noise that it makes when he eat, when he when he's taking it out, it's like so slimy. And then when he eats it, it's like, oh, Jesus, it's so gross. <laughs> have you had sardines before? No, salty. I don't think I ever will either. Yeah, it sounds gross, salty. All right, and then uh, Warner shows up. Yeah, the, uh, the introduction of him's great. Fucking handshake, just like <laughs> yeah. bloody ass dude. Handshake. Fucking stupid ass Tom Hanks hand is just like <laughs> holds his hand up. Uh, 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 fucking what's his uh, Rumsfeld with that painting? He's just like trying to. He's like looking out. at it the whole time. <laughs> I remember it. when I was younger, I didn't, I couldn't, my brain just wasn't processing what was on that painting. It's like a doctor's yeah, operating. It's like, it's like from the point of view of the patient. I'm yeah. Like, oh, okay. I, mean, like, I can see it now. Yeah. Um, just super eccentric. They're telling them that they're going to have to move again. Uh, I think they're doing it and they probably would have moved again too. I think that they're just like noticing how suspicious their neighbors are mm-hmm. and they wouldn't be able to keep this up yeah. uh, for like, a long oh, time. Fucking guys are on this again. Um, meanwhile, uh, arts in the backyard, which a lot doesn't happen there, but I do love that he's like, digging trying to look inside the basement window and then he finds a comb and he like flicks it and he's like i'm gonna keep this and puts it in his pocket <laughs> uh, he's he's with ricky and and tom hanks son yeah right? yeah um cory cory danziger um he uh who plays dave uh dave is his, his son's name but cory danziger yeah he's part of that facebook group and he often posts it in there he's like hey guys thanks for you know, being fans and blah, blah, blah. So, uh, did you see that video that I sent you? No, I, I, I didn't get to see it. So there's, I guess the whole time, like Tom Hanks, he didn't want to be, he felt like he was still like, he didn't want to be portrayed as like a dad. Yeah. 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 And, and so they're like, Oh no, you know, this, this whole thing will pay off better, play off better if you like have a son. Right. And, uh, and so, like the whole time, he's just like complaining. He's like, oh, "Does he need to have a son the whole time?" I was yeah. like, "Oh, that's that's kind of funny." Because <laughs> after that, it's like, yeah, it's like I mean, he already seemed like a dad in there. Yeah, like, yeah, he's yeah. A very convincing dad. No, for sure. Um, but yeah, it's, I think he just. Um, I lo- I love uh, <laughs> I love the intro to to Warner the good solid floors, good solid walls, and all that <laughs> stuff. But I I love. Um, Bruce Stern's line. What have you got? What have you got in the cellar here, Klopek? <laughs> Fucking just, uh, just because you know he's like super military, yeah. just automatically associates them with Germans or something. It's just fucking great. And then you keep a horse in the basement. Oh yeah, <laughs> it's a fucking great team. Yeah, no, uh, good, good part. And that then, part's all all good. Okay, so what it, what else he got here? Oh, what's his name? Sets off the alarms. Too. Oh yeah, yeah. Art sets off the alarms. Yeah. Another neighbor, yes, a fat one. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking good. Um, I think after that, they they want to. They know that they're leaving because because uh, uh, Tom Hanks. Oh no 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 no! Uh, they they say that they're leaving tomorrow. Yeah, and then Tom yeah. Hanks is pretending like he doesn't he doesn't uh, believe that they're bad anymore. Yeah. and then really he's yeah. got the wig in his pants. 
It's like you had that there the whole time <laughs> <laughs> since yesterday. It's like no, I slipped it back in the door. No, but uh, the next day is when I love. I love. She's he's trying to get her out of the house, send her to the to the fucking. Um, to the lake and then art comes out in his golf outfit Dude, just that- be his outfit in general is just oh my god if you think of like the most simpson-esque like golfing <laughs> outfit that's what it fucking yeah, looks dude. like it's it reminds so me of like a like a disney yeah. like fucking he and, just didn't have the hat wait no he, he does have a he hat. hat he's got a red hat on yeah <laughs> and then he's and then I love how fucking hammy he is. He's just like, oh, see my new golf club, my new golf club. I'm getting it because we're going to be playing a lot of golf. That's how much golf I'm going to be playing. <laughs> oh, dude. Oh, God. So fucking funny. And then, um, all right, so they, they're going to, like, do their plan, and they're going to, like, shut off the power so that they can trip the alarm. Oh, whatever. dude. One of the most Looney Tune things <laughs> oh. ever. Uh, they, yeah, they go in the backyard. They go in the backyard, and... Art swears that he knows what he's doing, so he climbs the fucking power, like the fucking <laughs> electrical power pole, goes up there, and then I love the fucking uh, safety's my middle name. I thought his middle name was Lewis, <laughs> uh, but he fucking he you could already tell he doesn't know what he's doing because he's up there and he's like all scared, and then he clips it and then it fucking gets shocked on gnarly and falls through Tom Hanks's shed, which uh, uh, so many things go wrong in this that like dude. Imagine they found nothing. Everything went the way that they wanted mm-hmm. to. But uh, Carol comes home and then she looks at the shed and there's this Looney Tune print <laughs> of art through the fucking ceiling. It's so I it, that that joke always. It's one of those things when it happens. I'm always like, oh my god, <laughs> like really, like what the fuck, dude? No, the other day when we were watching fucking uh, nothing but trouble. I was like, oh, that's it. I'm fucking out of here. Because Chevy Chase does the same thing. He like jumps to the wall, but uh, like, dude, but that like, one's like more. Because I mean, yeah, that one's ridiculous. Uh, oh, dude. All right. I feel like they play the Looney Tunes song at the end of that movie too, <laughs> or something. I don't know. Uh, but yeah, so I love I love uh, Rumsfeld on the roof setting up like the fucking kind of like command command center, so you could see both of them and his uh, Red Rover, Red Rover, let Art go on over and all oh, yeah. that stuff. <laughs> and then uh, Ricky Butler's like. He takes a gun up there. Yeah, he's got a fucking... He's, and he's like, Rumsfeld, dude, what are you doing with the, what are you doing with the gun? Just shut up and paint your damn house. <laughs> That's when Whoa. I noticed... <laughs> All right. That's when I noticed that the house was super shitty. Yeah, it's like red, too, and it's like, I'm like, damn, dude, you need to do more than one coat on that shit. Uh, yeah, that, and then he starts bringing his friends over, Steve Koontz. That's another one of my favorite parts is... Uh, uh, Ricky... <laughs> Get this lame out of your lawn. Get out of my lawn, lame All that, all that good stuff. Um, all right. So this is. Oh my gosh. All right. I actually never read a lot. Like as you can see, my notes. Yeah, yeah. They, they they filter off. But uh, dude, this 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 like final act just happens so like everything just happens. Yeah, so really quickly. It's super yeah. funny. Um, so they get into the basement. Well, no, first they're digging in the backyard. Oh yeah, they're digging. And the there's backyard. like a yeah, bunch yeah. of holes in the backyard, and the only person digging is Tom Hanks. <laughs> and fucking like, and fucking Arch is laying there in one of the holes that he digs. He's like, maybe we should start in the house. Uh, he's like, 
what are we, what are we, we're not finding anything. Well, what should we do? And he's like looking at him. He's like, well, I was just, I was checking this hole. Uh, you know what? We should go in the house. They probably got some cold beers in there. Whatever. <laughs> no, just like he raids the fridge at Walter's too. That I yeah. It's just like, <laughs> it's like this motherfucker just wants just to, wants to eat all the time. Uh, I love when they're trying to get inside the house. And he's like, give me your wallet. And he grabs his wallet and all the cards are melted oh, together yeah. <laughs> from the explosion. Yeah. yeah. And then they end up just fucking breaking the breaking the window open, going um, inside. I think there's a during this time when uh, Rumsfeld falls off his roof. Yeah, yeah, because yeah, he falls off and uh, shoots his window. Something out. something happens. I can't remember what happens, but Ricky Ricky runs over and he's like, "Yo, Rumsfeld!" And he like slips, dude. <laughs> That fucking uh, it bounces off when dude, it, yeah he <laughs> slips and then hits the bottom part of his roof and then bounces off that and then hits the fucking floor that shoots shoots his window and then everybody in the neighborhood all of Ricky's friends awesome just fucking <laughs> oh yeah he's just like no don't leave like something interesting is gonna happen yeah 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 it's um, like hey we're gonna we're gonna go you want a quarter pounder or something no this is the best part I called the pizza dude <laughs> oh man so uh, good all right so yeah then they go to the basement. And they start digging. They yeah. they see the furnace and how fucking huge it is, and yeah. then they start digging. Um, um, I think this is when the Klopex drive up, right? Yeah, because it gets nighttime, and then uh, uh, and and uh, Rumsfeld's off the roof. That's how I didn't see them show up, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, no. He he goes back up, and he's there. But they um, right before that, uh, they're digging, and then they say they hit like a fucking sarcophagus or whatever. Or no, they um. They notice that the dirt is is like dug up oh, okay, in, in yeah, the basement. Yeah. So they're like, oh, we're going to dig here. And then that's when the Klopek show up. And then he's like, oh, we got you, Rube. You've been playing us for saps, but we got you. And then, um, fuck it. They start digging. Uh, and then after that, Walter shows up. And they're like, they're like, oh, they think they found Walter because they hit some steel or whatever. And then wait, wait hold on. All right, all right. No, yeah, they do. They do show up because I remember. I remember he was off the roof. They show up, but they leave. Yeah, they leave, and then they come. And back they come the back. Yeah, yeah. So, but in between the time where they when they leave, Walter shows up. Oh, okay, and then okay. fucking. Uh, oh yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah, my bad. My bad. Yeah. Bruce Stern's trying to tell him like he's back. He's back. He's back. And he doesn't hear him because he's just digging, digging, digging. And then fucking. Uh. uh Art comes outside and then uh, Walter's getting inside his house and then fucking Ricky's trying to like, Mr. Weingartner, look, look. And he looks and then he looks back and then the cops show up and he's like, Ricky, Ricky, stop. I'm going to go get Ray. I'm going to go get Ray. <laughs> and then I love fucking Ricky, but like he jumps on their car. And stop. <laughs> don't go. You're going. And then he jumps on the fucking cop car. There's people in my parents' house and they're oh, yeah. eating all their food. <laughs> what a dick. Uh, and then uh, fucking Ray's fucking with the pickaxe breaks open the gas line. Dude, and then, dude. the funniest shit. He's just because it's like in water, so you don't really see. Dude, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. You hear it's all bubbly. Yeah. It's and like then, Art, I hit the gas line. Run! And then fucking Art's Art when he comes out of the house. We had a gas line. There's all sorts of gas. Let's get all blown. Dude, explodes so not like one of the biggest explosions uh. ever. And then, <laughs> dude, everybody's just so in awe, just like, holy shit, that all of Ricky's friends, oh, fuck yeah, awesome, blah, blah. And then, like, they're, and they're like, oh, is that your house? Like, yeah. And then, fucking, dude, the, you just hear, Wee! and the steeple on the top of their house just fucking pegs inside the car. And then that's when it hits fucking art. 
Ray. And then uh, Bonnie, she's like, something's moving in there, dude. Tom Hanks coming out. Of, first of all, Rick Ducumin running out of the house. I don't know if it's him or a stuntman, but so close. That house explodes so big. <laughs> it's so crazy that somebody actually ran out of that house while that happens. But house is on fire. And then, dude, I feel like I can't remember who said it. And this is years after Toy Story. But when fucking uh, Tom Hanks comes out of the house, dude, and like half his hair is burnt off. <laughs> he's, no, he's, like, he's like, he's like, overly like, smoky. <laughs> <laughs> and like, dude, he comes out and like the way he's walking, he just looks like Woody. Like, oh, like okay, he's yeah. like, ra- like ragdolling it. And then when he takes his, tries to take a step down off the front steps, he kind of just rolls just off like the steps, but like never him. loses his balance and hits the floor <laughs> and just walks out. Oh, and then immediately you have fucking art like, come on, you found it. You know, you, you found it, blah, blah. And like, oh, God, the, 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 like all this wrapping up is just so good. Uh, Carol comes back and, at this point, Tom Hanks, Ray's just had enough of everybody and everything. Fucking, uh, was it uh, Rumsfeld? You got a lawsuit on your hands. Yeah. <laughs> you got a lawsuit on your hands. But... Typical suburban white <laughs> yeah. guy response. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah. Carol shows up and, you know, the, the detectives trying to fucking uh, tell them. Tell him like all the all the property damage and all the laws he broke, and he's going to prison and all this shit. And he couldn't care less. He's like, "You changed your hair." Talking to Carol. Oh yeah. And then at this point, uh, Art's talking to one of the detectives. He's trying to convince them that they're killers and everything. Nobody believes him. One thing that okay, so there's paramedics there, there's cops there. Mm -hmm. Did you notice the guys? This is I've seen them in other movies, so I don't know what these people do. You notice the guys in the jackets that have the bow ties. No, there's there's a few different guys that have jackets and like a case with bow ties and really bad direction on on uh, Joe Dante's part. There's a part where one runs into fucking uh, Carol as she shows up. Carrie Fisher, she shows up and runs into her, realizes that he's not going to walk past her and turns around and walks back. And the rest of the scene, they're just running around in circles. Like, just running around in circles back and forth, and they don't really go anywhere and do anything. And it's really noticeable, to me at least. But, um, yeah, uh, all all that's happening. I love fucking uh, uh, Brother Theodore walking up to the kids on the car. All right, hip cats, get off my car. No, you should hang out with this man. We got the pizza dude coming here. That's the first uh First time I heard anybody use the term submoron. You imbecile, you submoron, you <laughs> get off my car. But anyway, uh fucking um art's going on a tangent about ever like how fucking like oh they're gonna find something to go the rest of that that femur. It might not be Walter, but blah, blah blah and then dude, I just love Ray's explosion. They may think they're off the hook, but they're not. No, no, they're not. Are they Ray? No, go ahead, tell them. Tell them we got the goods on them, don't we? Oh, yeah, you know? You know, someday they're going to dig up the back of that yard, and they're going to find the rest of that skeleton to go with that femur. Oh, it might not be Walter, but it's going to be some poor Shut tortured... Up. Shut up, Art! Shut up! God, you don't know when to quit, do you? Look at me! I'm a shell of a man because of you, Art. You leave! Now, now, now! I'm soldier! You leave him alone! Get off that case already! They didn't do anything to us! They didn't do anything to us! All right, so they're different. So they keep to themselves. Can you blame them? 
They live next door to people who break into their house and burn it down while they're gone for the day. Remember what you were saying about people in the burbs, Art? People like Skip? People who mow their lawn for the 800th time and then snap? Well, that's us! It's not them! That's us! We're the ones who are vaulting over the fences and peeking in through people's windows. We're the ones who are throwing garbage in the street and lighting fires. We're the ones who are acting suspicious and paranoid. We're the lunatics! Us! It's not them! It's us. I don't know what to say. What, do you want me to move? It's like, they didn't do anything to us. And then fucking, when it's all said and done, and Arch is, jeez, oh, Ray, what do you want me to say? What do you want me to move? And then just, oh, you just, dad, and fucking Brewster, soldier, soldier. And dude, he's biting his fucking finger. Oh, yeah, but it has the brace on it. Yeah. And then he just, like, so upset. Lays down on the stretcher and realizes nobody's putting him in the fucking thing. So he picks it up, throws it in there, and then, like, lays down. <laughs> Honey, I'll just find out which hospital you're going to and meet up with you there. Okay, Carol. It's <laughs> just all sad. Um, then we get to pretty much the ending. Um, he's in He's in the back. Uh, Dr. Klopek comes in. He's thinking he's so apologetic and everything. And then we find out that... Uh, He's actually a murderer. He's going to murder Ray. Uh, Hans is in the front seat, puts it in drive, takes off. And then Ray's trying to fucking get Hans, trying to stop Dr. Klopek from stabbing him. They're swerving all over the place. I love that fucking... Uh, they swerve, and I think they hit a tree, but the fucking pizza guy is coming, and he's got to swerve. And then fucking you hear Ricky, pizza dude! And he crashes into fucking Art's house, and all the pizzas <laughs> just fall out of the back, the back seat. And then the stretcher rolls out of the fucking ambulance and they go on this fucking long, yeah, <laughs> long ass tirade. And then, citizens arrest! I raid Peterson and put you on our citizens arrest. <laughs> and then, like, how, how, like, put off as she is with Carol is like, don't argue with me, Carol. They murdered the naps. He told me, blah, blah. And obviously, he's like, this man's demented and you don't got a corpse. You don't got a, any proof, blah, blah. And Ricky, we do now, pulls off the fucking blanket, which is. A thousand fucking skulls and like bones and everything. And then we find out all their suspicions, all their paranoia, absolutely justified in this one moment. It's great. So, yeah, and then uh, Art's wife shows up. Uh, <laughs> Art, your house is on fire, or your <laughs> wife is home, and your house is on fire. My wife is home. <laughs> I love you can hear it too. Art, where are you? <laughs> Uh, dude so good um yeah and then it's it's all wrapping up really really nicely uh and then i love art he's just so amped up we were right we got him we got him blah blah, blah. and he's like trying to tell him he's like oh Geraldo rivero's gonna come over he's gonna he's gonna explore the basement of the complex it's gonna be all over tv live <laughs> and he's like just not having it and walks up to fucking ricky he's like i want you to I'm gonna go away for a while. <laughs> I want you to watch over the neighborhood while I'm gone. 
you got it, Mr. Peterson. Just walks off. And then I love that that uh, Ricky addresses the audience and he's like, God, I love this street. And then it just pulls out and does the opposite. Uh, oh, yeah. Opposite version of the of the intro. Solid end. Huh? It's a great ending. Um, there's an alternate ending to the movie. Uh, it's a little different. I can't remember exactly how different. I know that they still fly out of the ambulance. Mm-hmm. Um, just tip for tack. The one thing that I wish they would have kept. Obviously, the movie ends and then it goes in. It 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 goes into Jerry Goldsmith's score, which is fantastic. Mm-hmm. I, I love it. And they're showing everybody that starred in the movie. So I think it really fits that. Had it gone to like black rolling credits, I think this would have worked better because in the original ending. Right after uh, uh, Ricky says, I love this street, and it zooms out, it starts playing Mr. Rogers' Neighborhood theme. And I just thought that would be such a cool ending because it's just so – it's so of the time. Everybody knew Mr. Rogers. Everybody kind of knew that song. Whether you were an adult or a child, you knew the song. Mm-hmm. It was memorable. And this movie is just about this neighborhood and being neighbors. And it, it's just it, – I, I think it just worked. Yeah. Yeah, I think, uh, what's it called? Uh, I think they had a few different shot, like, things of when they opened the trunk, who was going to be in there. Yeah, I uh, think that's, I, I can't remember specifically how, how one, it all, yeah, all worked. I think one of them was, like, cheerleaders, but, uh, but, and then I think one, they were, they were definitely going to go with, oh, yeah, they were wrong the entire time, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but I, I like I like where where we landed. No, it's sure. great. It's yeah. great. I think it works really well. And yeah, any um, final thoughts on the movie before we do the last segment? I feel like this movie is the perfect like description of how like suburbia is for sure. Because yeah, I, like all I can really like there, there's been plenty of movies in the past of like suburbia. Suburban paranoia, yeah, and, and there's been movies of the past like Disturbia, yeah, there's an, Rear Window, yeah, even though that's not in the suburbs. But. Um, there's another one, I think it came after it was like, but it was very, um, I think it came after nine eleven, so it was very like terrorist plotty, yeah, of, but yeah. I, I can't remember what it was, but it, they, I think I think this because it's like leans so much on comedy, it's like you have to play on how wacky your neighbors are, yeah, and and it, and it works because in the suburbs, I, uh, there are instances where somebody's neighbor is a fucking murderer, but nine times out of ten, that's not the case. Mm-hmm. So everything is not serious in the suburbs. Everything's kind of ridiculous yeah. and just it's stupid. Like shit happens yeah. all the time, yeah. Man. It's ridiculous. I so the not too long ago the power went out on our street. Yeah, and I was like, I usually go on like a evening walk. So I was like, oh well, fucking power's out. I can't do anything on the internet. I'm just gonna go for a walk. Whatever. Yeah. So I went for a walk, and then I usually never see anybody out. And even if I do see people out, they usually have like golf clubs in their hand or fucking canes or like baseball bats and shit. And it's like I was like always thought it was very strange because yeah. I like. They're so, like, scared of everything that they just need something to protect themselves with. But, anyways, I was walking down the street, and I see that they're, like, fixing, like, a, a, a Transformer. Yeah. But everybody was out of their fucking just house. outside. Yeah, just gossiping and shit. I'm just like, dude, this is That's weird. how it used to be, man. Yeah. When people weren't connected to the internet. Yeah. People had to speak to one another. Um, all right, well... 
that was a pretty good episode. And like, like, do you have any final thoughts on the matter? I just love this movie. I I think it it's such a testament to what life was like for us as kids growing up in suburbia. Um, for kids that grow up in suburbia now that would never have this type of experience because, like I said, people don't – there are neighborhoods around that are like this mm-hmm. still um, where people still talk. But for the most part, from what I understand, like people aren't neighbors like this anymore. Mm-hmm. And it's just – it's a nice little time capsule movie for sure. Yeah, And I think it's emphasized more because – it never leaves the neighborhood. You're always there. And it, it it's a familiarity that I feel like you're never going to get back as an adult that you had when you were a child or when you were living through this time. But, yeah, that's uh, that's pretty much it. I, I love this movie so much. I could watch it any time of day, anywhere. Yeah, it's, it's fun. It's, it's great. It's very light, too. Like, you yeah. just kind of put it on. Not too long. Yeah. Um, it's, it's really good. Uh, but yeah, that's that's the episode. Apart from the last bit that we're gonna do now, if you had to, I'm a producer. You're a producer. We get our hands on this property. Are you making a prequel, a sequel, or a remake? All right, I thought of this. I would do a sequel. Okay. It would still start Tom Hanks. Okay. He moves into a new neighborhood. All right. And all the neighbors are fucking starting rumors about him, and they think that they're. <laughs> they're <laughs> And they think that he's a murderer. Uh, and then the fucking neighborhood turns on him. That's that's my All right. That worked <laughs> hell yeah. That's fucking that's great. I like that. Um so the the thought of doing a remake briefly came across my mind. Uh-huh. Um however, I I just love this movie so much that I don't I would never want to remake it. I have had there was something that I started writing um off and on. Uh, for a long time that's inspired inspired by this by Edward Scissorhands and a bunch of other stuff about I, I I might have told you about it it's about this kid who lives with a single mom and then his uncle comes to stay with him uh, because he's on hard times and then people around the town just start dying mm-hmm. and the kid's trying to film a movie with his friends that he wants to be a filmmaker so they're trying to film a movie but everywhere that they go uh, the uncle's driving him around because he doesn't have a job and everywhere that they go, people just start dying, like at his elementary school and uh, everywhere around the town. Mm. And all fingers point towards his uncle. And it's just about them bonding, but his nephew being really suspicious of him and his friends being suspicious of him because people just keep dying. And then the cops start thinking that he's a killer, too. And it's just like a rated R version of this, pretty much. Okay, But it's, it's really just about being a kid in the suburbs and weird shit happening is very uh on there so if i was to do a remake that's the type of thing that i would do but it wouldn't necessarily be a remake gotcha but it's like in the world of the burb yeah pretty much Uh, no specifically uh so the the kid he has a best friend who's like the only little mexican kid that lives in his neighborhood Mm -hmm. and they're kind of outcast because he's a nerd and the other kids don't like to hang out with mexicans and then uh a girl moves into town and he's like falls in love with her but what i wanted it to be is that she moved from this town from uh they're on mayfield place but i can't remember what town they're in but she moved from this town to the city where that kid lives in so it would literally be in the same universe if i ever 
fucking finished it or did anything with then, it. But then you have the garbage man come and make cameos. <laughs> <in there. laughs> yeah, it would be great. Well, that well the one that the the movie that I was writing it's set in California, so oh, okay. it'd be a bit of a stretch, but it'd be it would be fun. But just just little knickknacks of things like that, uh, same shit, finding bones or body parts in somebody else's yard or shit like that. Just and maybe put a scene where there's garbage man or something like that, like yeah. just stuff like that. I would want it to be like a hard R movie though. Like uh, basically, the idea is like I grew up watching rated R movies and horror movies. That like when these kids are exposed to like all these dead bodies and everything, they're like they don't even really care. They're like it's crazy, but they're like oh, I've seen worse stuff than this on TV. I watch Evil Mm -hmm. Dead. I watch all this stuff. Blah blah blah. And that's kind of like a little bit of the joke about it. It's like oh, they're so desensitized because. Or that's the idea that I feel like parents had in the 90s. Like, oh, my kids are so desensitized because they watch these movies when in reality it's still super gnarly. But that's the remake idea. When I was thinking about this before you came over, I was like, you know what would be really funny and kind of in the same vein is to make maybe not a movie but maybe a TV show. Like a prequel where it's like Muppet Babies where it's Art, Ray, and fucking, and uh, Rumsfeld, and they're like little kids, like the little rascals or something, and they always think somebody's like evil or something, and they're like young kids in the town, like... This this would translate to like a cartoon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, some, something yeah. like that, like, like a Muppet Babies or a Little Rascals scenario where it's like the three of them, but they're little kids, and they're always <laughs> getting into mischief of some sort because they think somebody's evil. I don't know, that thought crossed my head, and I just thought it was really funny. But yeah, yeah. Uh, that's the episode for today. Thank you, Dustin, for coming here. It's, like I said, this is one of my favorite movies ever, and you're one of the only people that I know, apart from my family members, that have seen it multiple times. I really appreciate it as much as I do, and uh, it was a really, really fun episode. So, uh, guys, I hope you enjoyed that episode. Um, me and Jason will be back next week with a new episode. Remember, you could always follow us online at uh, PlayItAgainMan underscore pod on Instagram and on TikTok. Uh, if you and your family love movies, this is a place for them. Tell, you, tell your friends, tell your family, and we will see you at the movies next week. See ya.